0: a hole in daddy's arm where all the money goes Jesus Christ
1: died for nothing I suppose little
0: pitchers have big ears don't stop to count the years sweet songs never last
1: too long on broken radio
2: What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Hardcore Troubadour. My name is Brian Wallace.
1: And my name is Tyler Short, and we got a guest today. We're doing something special because we haven't recorded an episode in, like, what, a month? About a month, yeah. Yeah, so we got my buddy Jesse Kowalski from Canada. uh, Sings for a band, Meantime. Uh, They have a new record out on Indecision Records, so be sure to check that out. I bought it yesterday, I think, from Rev.
0: Hell yeah. It's good, dude. Thank you. What's good yeah, yeah. in Canada? What's good up here? Uh not much. It's cold, snowy, you know, the usual. Just in the doldrums of winter.
1: I was gonna say, dude, fuck that. I've I've heard um only that you never tour Canada in the winter.
0: No, you, a specific I have amount it. of months. It's, it's the worst idea you could ever have.
1: Unless you have a death wish.
0: Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Pretty much. Yeah.
2: And I can think of a lot more pleasant ways to die, frankly, if I had said death wish. Um, but yeah, Jesse, we're so stoked that you're here with us today, coming Thank to you. us from uh, the great province of Alberta. Did I get it right?
0: Nope. Manitoba. 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 Fuck. That's awesome. I, Alberta love that. I love that you fucked that up.
2: Alberta is Calgary, right? Yes. Yes. And you're in Manitoba. My that's bad. Awesome. Thanks for the correction. Um. So, yeah, well... Before we dive in, we want to hear, get to know Jesse a little bit about, you know, the connections you share with us and being both into punk and country music, um, but friends, how are we doing today? Other than cold, what else is going on?
1: Um, um, nothing much, dude. I can't really think about anything exciting going on in my life, besides the holidays happened.
2: Yeah. How, how was your holiday, man? We haven't spoken at face to face since the
1: the new year. My girlfriend bought me a watch. I've never been a watch guy. Oh, now it's I'm a nice watch watch. watch. Guy. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, very nice. I don't notice it, which is the that's like the only thing I need from it is that I don't notice it.
2: See, I have trouble with that too, because I have I have an X watch as one does. And I could just never get used to wearing it consistently.
1: Yeah. Um, I've never had an X watch because I've never I've known that I will hit somebody with it and explode it
0: dude i uh i broke the strap on i have like an og uh, x watch and the new one i broke the strap on my og one at Damage city moshing to protester and That's then
1: appropriate
2: uh,
0: yeah austin from uh praise saw it and then he's like hey dude there's a swatch store at this place go get it fixed like they've they've fixed tons of these so i was like okay so I went to the swatch store in DC, and it oh, thankfully all I needed to do was put some little pin in. But it was a, that was a yeah I've never worn it to a gig since that was like 2017 because I was like I can't do this. That well, I was, can't I've think, only
1: yeah I've only met that Austin dude one time, and it seems incredibly within his character that he immediately told you where to go to fix your swatch. He knew exactly yeah, where <laughs> to go.
0: That's some that's some youth crew gentleman.
2: Shit. Dude, seriously, and. I can't think of a better place though than DC oh. to have your X watch break and get repaired, too. Yeah, I'm truly
0: during protester. It was pretty fun.
2: That's sick. Shout out to praise too. They're doing a, a couple of dates with Strike Anywhere in May. Oh, that's um, sick. Which I'm stoked about. Just got just got a ticket for the show here in Brooklyn uh, in early May. I I'll go anytime. Strike Anywhere plays, and it's less and less it. these days. So, um, looking forward to that one.
1: I only like that one strike anywhere record which one which one? Exit, exit english
2: exit you don't like changes of sound
1: i like a couple songs on it yeah there was i think, I, I think they got better and then and then i fell off
0: i, have a, I got a, I got a weird strike anywhere opinion i say i'm kind of similar but mine is dead fm that's dead a FM. great record that you one came out when I was in high years.
1: school and I think I was just, I was, I was it, over it already. Dude, Jesse,
2: Tepp, it got overlooked. It has some of my favorite songs on it. I think it's not, I don't think it's like my favorite record overall, but that dude, the the line on the first track, Hiroshima started in Tennessee, let it end with me, yeah. let it end with me. Oh my me, God. Dude, yeah. that, that hit home so much. Yeah. I love that record.
0: It's got their catchiest stuff on it. Like what's that one song? It's like. Like, I'll walk this wasteland with you, like all that. Shit. Yeah. Like yeah, it, 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 it they instinct. Stu- oh, instinct.
2: They play, yeah. They they, they always play a, a good number of those live. Actually, uh Strike Anywhere down at the Jersey Shore was one of the last shows I saw like pre-COVID. Like it's one of those, like I was I it it stuck, Surreal shows, yeah. it stuck with me for a while. It stuck with me for a while because it was like I saw it. it was two big shows. I saw Strike Anywhere at the Jersey Shore and then Gorilla Biscuit's Indecision on Ooh, Long Island. And then like a week later, everything was shut down. So, you know, at least going into that dry period, I was on a high note. But yeah, this will be my I think, my first time seeing them since then, I guess early 2020. Wow. So, fuck yeah. I think I saw
1: them once with Bane and A Global Threat and that was the only time I ever saw them. Yep, I saw or that maybe- tour too.
0: Yeah, yeah it was great. I uh, I just remember listening to that album in high school and like that one line in Instinct where he's like trying so hard to forget you're alive, but oh you're alive. I'm just like, oh, I'm 16. I feel this,
1: <laughs> dude. It's for real. That's that's like. That's I think I think that song. band only works if you listen to them when you're a kid, though. I don't think anybody's like in their 40s getting into Strike
0: anywhere. I put it on on a Meantime <laughs> tour once, and everyone was like mad they were like what yeah. the fuck are you doing no turn it off i'm like okay I'm sorry that's fascinating
2: yeah i know I was, I was hooked from the but to your point right like yeah i love strike anywhere and everybody i know that loves strike anywhere first got into them when they were teenagers Yeah. so oh yeah maybe there's something to it but it stuck with me too and i mean shout out like thomas has been the same dude the entire time
1: yep oh white um, yeah. do a dreads
2: yeah, he's he's my he's the dude that gets the pass from me. I'm like, Thomas, you can rock that. Also, um, I had a fucking, I didn't mean to, for this to turn into Strike Anywhere hour, but just genuinely such a good dude. One time when I was pretty early after I'd moved to New York, they played in New Jersey and I went by myself um, and like didn't know anybody at the show. And so afterwards was hanging out, just talking and did the typical like, hey man, great set or whatever. And we ended up chatting for a bit I was um, I was teaching at the time. I was a special education teacher, and I found out when he's not touring, he works with adults with disabilities. Um, so he was like a, you know, an aide um, for people with like physical and mental disabilities at this organization in Richmond. And so we like talked about that and like disability rights and shit for a while. And it was like just far exceeded my expectations of like wow in in addition to being like a good front man and a good lyricist you're also like a really interesting thoughtful dude so yeah shout out strike anywhere and if you get a chance to catch praise with them later this spring you should
1: do it i wish i could do that i miss praise i miss seeing praise all the time they're the best yeah they're They're awesome That that last record's amazing but oh dude in 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 relating to hardcore and let's get on to 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 jesse our guest who i want to hear about and find out about um jesse when did you start going to punk shows and whatnot
0: uh quite young like before i really had a concept of what it was i was probably 10 or 11 um my dad uh it was after my parents split up my dad had been into punk early on in like the late 70s early 80s you know kind of like tangentially into it and then when they split up he uh his church something to do with the youth group at his church or something i don't know he heard there was like a punk show and this band on tooth and nail was playing and uh they the undecided they were called they're from Winnipeg and I actually lived in this really small town called Dauphin, which is like four hours from here in the middle of nowhere. But uh it ended up having a pretty thriving punk and hardcore scene, which is cool. But uh took me to that and I was just like I just loved music already. Like my family's very musical, so it was like exciting and stuff, and I remember like just being like blown away as like the craziest show. There's like people moshing and whatever anyway it was awesome so he brought me to he brought me to a couple and I think eventually like he just stopped caring like you know it was just something whatever and I just kept going by myself and with my older cousin Um, uh, and yeah I was like 10 11 12 somewhere in there probably 12 when I really started just getting into it on my own but like since I was a kid it's been the constant in my life it's been yeah so have since you I- always
1: been a Manitoba guy then
0: always yeah
1: okay so was moving to winnipeg an adult decision for you or was that somewhere you were already at
0: no that was uh an adult decision that was as soon as i was old enough to move out of the house i was moved to a city yeah 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 gotcha
2: and i mean i winnipeg's fucking had some amazing bands over the years um like Fuck yeah! I, you know, it's funny you mentioned the tooth and nail connection too, because I'm actually thinking about you know uh, Andrew Newfeld, Winnipeg luminary. Yeah. I first met him in Memphis when he was playing in Figure Four, um, who I don't th- they were I think they were a face down records band, like another.
0: But they put know, out like, their last album on Solid State, which, which is was a tooth and that's nail.
2: that's right. So yeah, you you can't you know. <laughs> Those, I, I I love a lot of that stuff. Actually, I punished Tyler with Strong Arm a few weeks ago, didn't
1: I? Yes, yeah. you did. I still haven't checked it out. What the fuck, man? I'm sorry, I forgot. Honestly, don't do it for I mean, you. you. don't, if you don't, don't text me to remind me about something, I forget.
2: We, don't we do it for shit late. Don't do it for Jesus. Do it for me, okay? okay. Oh. Um, Jesse, first of yep. all, that's sick that you started going to shows at that young of an age i am curious i mean tyler stop me if i'm getting ahead being into country music folk any of the kind of stuff we want to call it is that stuff you were always listening to as well or did your interest in that come later
0: i would say um yes but it kind of waned for a bit like uh like well, just to tie it back to Steve quick, I know we're going to save that for later. Like the first music I can ever remember hearing in my life is Guitar Town. driving really? my, In this Chevy Astro van, 80s van thing we had when I was a little kid. That's the first music I can remember ever hearing is just Guitar Town. And like that was I was obsessed with it. We played that tape over and over. And uh, yeah, so that's like legitimately the first music I remember. Apparently there's like a home video somewhere of me when I'm like two singing hillbilly or like three singing hillbilly highway playing like a broom or something. Like it's pretty funny. Um, but yeah, so like that, I grew up like in the country basically. And that was, you know, that's just all that stuff was always around. And my dad always just called it old cowboy music, but you know, he was into a lot of like the seventies country stuff. So it was always, and like a lot of alt country too is pretty cool. And like my mom's favorite band is Blue Rodeo. Like that stuff mm-hmm. was always just uh like around me. And then I think uh, once I got into you know more like rock and then punk and hardcore, like I definitely put that stuff aside for a couple years till later in high school because you know how it is when you get into hardcore. Like it's just all punk. you want to
1: listen to is hardcore. Yes. Yeah. Like yeah. I don't.
0: I didn't want to hear anything except you know like mosh and
1: Mm-hmm. yes all I mean, I
0: about. if they if they weren't wearing camo shorts and you know like uh one of those like cuban hats like i did, I had no interest no i mean
1: i had the exact same thing there was a period of time where every day i would listen to every blacklisted song and then i would just do it again yeah um, no. so yeah i <laughs> yeah. i completely relate to that shit and and i grew up like being like Im- immersed in music like john prine and bob dylan and waylon jennings by my dad but i and i still like that stuff but for me it was like oh this is what i listened to before 10 a.m and then mm. after 10 a.m because i had a rule for a while i was like it was like no no loud guitars until after 10 a.m and this is me like going to work and shit and i just i just i, was, I didn't want to be that engaged or awake at that point so yeah. like loud music can start like once we hit 11 a.m noon or so and then i'm just listening to you know mental or fucking justice or shit like that for the rest of the fucking day um so yeah i totally uh i totally relate to that i think that's yeah we we all three have that in common
2: it's like there's all this shit that we've always loved since we were kids and we all enter a period where we're like too hardcore for anything else Mm -hmm. and then at some point you start to like recognize again like fuck that this stuff is awesome And actually, it has more in common with the punk and hardcore shit that I love than I realized when I was
1: a kid. Um, I think it's like a contrarian nature that we have as like punks and hardcore uh, people is that when you're getting into it, you just want to listen to stuff that nobody you know listens to. mm -hmm. So you can be like this exclusivity mindset where like, oh, I listen to this and none of my friends at school know what this even is. And then at a point when you're so immersed in hardcore and then you're thinking about like things that you liked when you were a kid that your parents turned you on to and things like that, it becomes well, actually, this is the exclusivity stuff. This is the stuff that only I have because I have this connection to my dad or you have this connection to Guitar Town from being a child that like this actually makes you different from all of your friends who are all they listen to is, you know, Trapped Under Ice. So it, it I don't know. I think it it is like that contrarian punk headspace that kind of drove me further into country and whatnot. Same. Was I, that.
0: I, uh, I think um, part of it when I first got into it, like hardcore, like it was rebellious. Cause like growing up in the country, like, you know, it's like some real like Hicktown shit. Like, mm-hmm. you know, it's country and ACDC. And if you don't, You know, if you don't vibe with either of those things, you're like, and I mean, I love ACDC, they're one of my favorite bands. (laughs) Yes, hell yeah. But at the time, it's just like all, you know, and like being straight edge too, like early on, like it was all so like rebellious and just the most crazy thing I could do in a small town to like reject that stuff. Mm-hmm. uh to be into punk and hardcore and just be like no I fucking hate country and butt rock and all this shit and then as you get older again you take the blinders off and you're like okay like you know you I I enjoy this stuff and then you're a little less embarrassed to admit you like it and then you're like okay it's actually good but then as I got more into like putting on shows and we had like a good scene and I felt almost like pigeonholed by only being able to like hardcore or whatever and I was like oh wait no I actually like this country shit and that was like almost shocking and rebellious too and people were Mm -hmm. like what like this and I'm like yeah it's fucking sick so I don't know
2: there's something to I really appreciate that Jesse because there's something too about like as you're forging your identity right like when you're a teenager and you're a hardcore kid like you're you've still got a lot to prove whether it's to yourself or to other people around you or whatever. And like, you know, when you get to a point later, typically for most people, it's just when you're a little bit older, it's kind of like you recognize that liking different shit, whether that's music or like different shit you do in your life, doesn't have to be in conflict with like one's identity as a punk or if anything, it actually you know enhances it. it enhances it because it shows even more. like you know, and then you you you'll recognize that too, that, like, from the beginning, like you know the 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 people that I loved and and the bands that I love and realizing they were listening to all kinds of shit all the time. But like we all kind of go through those phases, right? Where it was like i I really identified with what you just said around like, yeah. Nobody but me and my friend Matt at school knows what any of this shit is. Mm-hmm. And like you know yeah. that would be the fucking best feeling is like we know shit that they
1: don't, and we we are in this world that nobody else here is in. Um, but then you spend you know ten years in that world, and it's like, well, maybe there's more than just what we're what yeah. we're seeing. Maybe we can go see other stuff, and it doesn't have to it doesn't make us any less straight edge. It doesn't make us any less punk or any less uh you know hard or whatnot we can i can listen to uh you know i can i can be the dude up front at Margot price screaming every fucking word because yeah. i love
0: it dude i just do okay yeah. well it's great it's not uh country but like um one of the first things that made me start kind of being like okay i can kind of like get into this other stuff like you know how when you're younger getting into hardcore and like you basically just take what older people say is gospel it's like you like this nobody likes this like you're just okay i guess if i want to be into hardcore i have to fucking like judge you know which i mean you do technically yes but
1: that's that's if you're gonna be straight at you do yeah.
0: yeah that's right but uh It was just, it was the Morrissey thing and the Smiths. Cause like my mom liked a lot of the new wave stuff. So we had those records. And then when I just, I remember going to like shows and seeing people like wearing Smiths shirts and shit. I'm like, what, like the eighties band, like what? And they're like, no, you don't get it. Like the Smiths are like the best band. Morrissey is a God. And then I was like, you know, then you start going on like, the B9 and shit. And there's like these guys with Morrissey tattoo. Then you get into unbroken and you're like, what the fuck? Like, this is just Morrissey worship. Like what is happening? Like, you know, it's like, uh, so that made me kind of be like, okay, so like, this isn't that rigid. There are things that are accepted outside the norm for some reason, but, uh, yeah.
2: Yeah. The Morrissey example, I think is a fantastic one. And I like, I don't know if you noticed me kind of like, "Mm," as you said that having a, Morrissey tattoo on my chest. Um, But, you know, um, you remind me, though, Jesse, because I, I mentioned it before. Jesse has a sick, bold poster behind him. I don't remember exactly when this was, but a big moment for me is I remember at some point, I don't know if it was on a zine or somebody had posted it on a message board somewhere. I saw a picture of Purcell and Tim from Bold wearing kiss makeup together at a kiss show crazy and i when i was like younger like before getting into hardcore i liked kiss oh yeah and i think there was was something there though because i was still young enough to like be surprised by that Mm -hmm. and then to have this moment like well if fucking purcell like thinks this is cool and not only thinks it's cool but like paints his face like fucking Ace Freely and like goes to the show i can like whatever i want and you know to that point around like oh i i'm not bound by whatever some like older dickhead you know at the record store or at a show like is is trying to impose right and i will say too tyler we've talked about this before I think that shit's better nowadays than it was oh yeah when we no, were growing sure. up like i find and i think that's a good thing i'm finding uh a, a, a lot less of that kind of like you know forcing opinions on younger kids about what's cool and what's not than, than there was when at least when i was you know younger so i think that's a step forward for sure
1: oh for sure and and to mention like what jesse bringing up morrissey and smiths It was, there were, there was a period of time where it seemed like there were certain bands that weren't punk or hardcore or metal that got a pass. Or there were bands that were metal that got a pass. Like it was, it wasn't cool to like some of that stuff, but there were certain things that like you, like Neil Young was one that I always saw get like a complete pass where it was completely fine and okay to be super into Neil Young and also be a punk and, uh, And then I think that was when I started realizing like, well, fuck, if Neil Young gets a pass, then fucking Bob Dylan sure as hell gets a pass. And I evangelized for Bob Dylan for years as like the sole friend of mine who uh, who cared to ever listen to folk music, really. And I think that's just and, and then from there, that's just I was primed. So then that moment that somebody sat me down and played me more of the outlaw country stuff, I was like, oh, this is exactly what I'm missing in my life. This is, you know, growing up on me and Brian have talked about it before, growing up on CCR and Allman Brothers and stuff like that. When I heard Outlaw Country, I was like, oh, okay, that's just where this kind of music went. Where it stopped in the mainstream, it kept going over here in this underground or not really as not underground, but um, closer to the ground. Uh, yeah country scenes of playing you know 500 caps or a thousand caps and uh it wasn't well, getting played on the radio all the time or mtv but it was happening
0: a big one for me too was like uh was like dwight yokum and then if you look mm. into his past kentucky like, man yeah that's right he uh i love dwight but he like his whole thing was like in california like him playing country people were like what the fuck is this like no like nobody would fuck with him so he was playing with like punk bands and stuff yeah. nobody would fuck with him yeah because it right was on. just outside the box thing totally I yeah,
1: forget about it we've discussed that on on one of the episodes talking about i can't remember which steve record it was but we talked about dwight yokum playing with underground and uh and punk clubs and stuff especially in la which is That is such a crazy thing to think about. I know. It's amazing. Yeah,
2: dude. Jesse, before we move on to like, so you mentioned obviously Steve, you mentioned Blue Rodeo, um, who we'll talk about one of their records here in a little while. Who are some of your other favorites, either that have been your favorites for a long time in the world of like, you know, country folk roots music, or, you know, that you've been listening to more recently?
0: um oh shit uh like towns is a big one i mean like obviously if you like steve that's like i like how we're just calling required him first. reading yeah you know steve yeah. and towns but they're yeah. Our buddies
2: yeah. yeah yeah that's right we're on a first name basis
0: i that was <laughs> a big one early on that i remember like finding and i was just like completely blown away because it's like I don't know. It's some of the saddest music ever. And then if you like know anything about him, it's just amazing. Like that's like pure emotion caught on like record. And he's got, not everything he's done is great, but like when it's good, it is good. And like, he's, he's all, he's just a really interesting uh, musician too. Like, man, I can't like the, like the finger picking and all the shit he does is incredible. Like it's, He's really underrated as a musician and a songwriter, and yeah, he's great. I love Towns. Um, I, don't, I don't know if it's cool to say, but Ryan Adams is a, a big one in all his incarnations. Like, he's got some undeniable records for sure. Oh Man, like some of the best music I've ever heard in my life. Legit. And yeah. uh, uh some of the other stuff. Oh man, there's like. I got really into Uncle Tupelo young. Mm-hmm. That's more on the alt side, kind of rocky. Like that stuff's amazing like um there's this other band uh from Canada too called The Blue Shadows and they put out one record. I was actually almost suggested it for my uh pick, but uh we should we should chat about that later. I'll send it to you guys. They have a couple of the best songs I have ever heard in my life and it's like a teacher in high school actually showed me them. He's like, yeah, these guys, like they were like on a major and their record got shelved and it just, they never did anything. And it's like, one of the best things I've ever heard. It's just incredible, like stripped down country. It's unreal.
1: Is this the on the Florida on the floor of heaven record?
0: Yeah. That's Who's the one. All right. Down- we're going to down- check that out right now. Yeah.
1: Hell yeah. I've never heard of that. I'm excited <laughs> to listen.
0: That's amazing.
1: I've never heard of Blue Rodeo before. <clears throat> TBH. Really? So,
0: yeah. I, I had they're, they're Canadian and it's like a thing, but yeah.
1: But they're they're
2: huge. They're not it's not just yeah, like yeah. they're like I I heard I mean we can I I'm realizing I had never done a deep dive on this record before, so I'm glad to do it. I heard of Blue Rodeo through Kathleen Edwards. Do you know Kathleen okay. Edwards? Yeah. 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 She toured with Richard Buckner, who's one of my favorite like country singer songwriters. And I got to see a show many years ago that was just them two solo. Um, And then I would keep up with Kathleen Edwards. And as she was getting a little more popular, I think she like opened for blue rodeo or something like that. And then I was like, who are these, you know, like, so, um, but I, I really appreciated the opportunity to, to get familiar with, a record that's, you know, clearly very popular. Millions of streams on a lot of these songs, but that was not on my radar as an American.
0: You know what's sick too about Blue Rodeo? It all goes back to punk. Like two of the guys from that band were in like a punk band in Toronto in the late seventies, early eighties. And then again, like they were like, I've heard them talk about it in interviews. Like their next logical step for being punks was to like make country. Cause it's just so, the antithesis of you know mainstream yeah. rock or whatever blue rodeo rock so hard though they have some stuff that they have they straight up have a, a one riff that would make me like mosh like
2: <laughs> that's awesome so, i mean steve has some riffs that would make a oh, yeah. us mosh.
0: really for sure um oh, oh yeah no so, has, so you could, could win okay
1: oh yeah no i mean dude uh fucking um snake oil is a fucking oh yeah an absolute ripper um, so this, this blue rodeo record you picked, uh, five days in July, what's your, uh, what's your history with this? You said your mom's favorite band. So,
0: yeah, this was just like in the car all the time. Like, again, one of the first things I remember hearing, it was all on all the time. My mom loves it. She loved all their records, but this one lost together casino. That was all just interchangeable. Um, uh, but especially this one, like. Some of the songs on it, like, like, are just were ingrained in my brain from such an early age. Like, yeah, like hasn't hit me yet might be one of my favorite songs ever. It's like just something that's been on in the background for 30 years of my life. It's yeah.
1: So I I, I know you're in your 30s, Jesse, but how how old are you? Thirty one. Thirty one. OK, so you were like four or five when this record was entering your life most likely
0: yeah that i could i was aware of it but probably even earlier like it like i said it was probably just like on you know like i bet my mom bought this when it came out like i remember the cassette always being in our house so yeah like this is we go way back okay. <laughs> this was 93 yeah okay. yeah
1: so you would have been like two when this came out <laughs> yeah okay damn so i was just curious because uh i knew i was a little older than you but i, I couldn't remember how much older than you I, I was which makes me feel even older which we're not going to talk about how old well, Brian is um it's like,
2: i was i was staying up late to watch nirvana on saturday night live uh
1: then i remember that
0: damn,
2: i was awesome. 11 i was 11 so that's
0: though.
1: yeah um but uh yeah man i'm honestly fucking thrilled that you picked this i uh I w- one of the things I had my thoughts on the record as a whole is this record is giving Wilco with Bob Dylan influence an old crow medicine show if they didn't suck ass.
0: Hey, they got one great album.
1: <laughs>
0: I I can't get
1: dude the 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 uh, the cultural um, moment that they had when I was in my like I guess early twenties. Yeah. Just living in Louisville with yeah. Forecastle and all the shit and the just the, the shitty fucking indie scene here. It just, for a, one moment, liberals in Louisville, Kentucky could not fucking believe O'Crow Medicine Show, and it was the most annoying fucking thing in the world. If
0: you, well, if you had ever headed down south through the land of the pine, thumbing your way into North Carolina, you might have... Uh, amen. Might have more. I've... No, I was like on the ground floor with this band. Like a teacher passed them on to me. Like a teacher I really respected who got me into a lot of cool music. He's actually the reason I'm as obsessed with Springsteen as I am too. Like he was a, a cool guy and he'd always be like, I know you're into hardcore and punk, which he like kind of got and liked a bit, but he's like, listen, a lot of country sucks. Like this stuff's good. Old Crow Medicine show is awesome. This one album and then that fucking whatever wagon, wheel, name,
2: dude. wagon wheel
0: wagon or whatever covered that song dude. and it was like it went from being the, like, my deeply held like a security blanket that fucking album with wagon wheel on it was so good like there's so many good songs on it and it was just like, like something that i would show to people like this is too out there for even me like what are you listening to this is like 1930s string band great depression shit like turn it off i'm like no it's amazing and like yeah it was like it literally felt like someone like ripped something away from me when he covered it and then you go out and you see all these like frat boys singing wagon wheel with their shirts off and shit and you're just like fuck it's yeah, like you did. see,
1: that's when they Look, entered man,
0: my my purview, and I was just fucking over it, dude. I
2: I appreciate all this and the personal experience, but we're not going to tolerate any hootie slander on
1: this podcast, all right, dude. We're bucket Ruck- list bucket list item is to call him hootie to his face <laughs> and hopefully get punched,
0: dude. He does he not like it?
1: Hates it. Well, that's yes. Yeah, his name's oh, Darius Rucker.
0: Hootie, dude. Like, like, sorry,
2: dude. Hootie rules. Darius Rucker rules that cracked rear view mirror record has some it's amazing. bangers on it. Like <laughs> it's, w- the well, bef- yeah. you know, 15 years before he, he did the, the wagon wheel cover, but it's interesting too. And we'll get back to blue rodeo. Like you bringing up old crow medicine show. I was away from being annoyed by them. I saw them once um, when they were opening for Gillian Welch. And I love her. Um, yeah, I love she was great. It was, Gillian Welch and David Rawlings, just those two, it was perfect. And all I remember is, please hurry up and finish so Gillian can come out. Like, that was my take on the show. Um, but I never really gave them a chance, like, recording-wise. And then, you know, they became kind of <clears throat> ubiquitous. And so I can't say I'm, I'm very familiar with with Old Crow. But I appreciate, Tyler, you saying that, like, this is what they'd sound like if they didn't suck. Because I bring that up often with like roots rock and kind of like different things, yeah. I talk about. Um, I find myself talking about the Grateful Dead that way. Oh yeah, I yeah. Was I do like, it all the time. I was like, "This is what the Grateful Dead would be if they didn't just fucking jerk off for thirty minutes and instead just played that cool hook." <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: I love the Grateful Dead until I turn them on. Like I think they're. A <laughs> <Until> I- <laughs> I- Dude,
2: I- the imagery. I was me. It, like, that's what that's what I think, just set me up. Like so poorly for failure. forever yeah. is being in like my uncle's room and seeing the fucking skulls, and he liked some metal too. And this band's called the Grateful Dead. And then being like, what the fuck
0: is? Yeah, this? I thought it was so sick, and then I downloaded Truck and on LimeWire, and I was like, what the fuck is this? This is <laughs> this crazy band. This sucks. Like fuck this. But Touch of Grey is a absolute banger, though.
2: Yeah, because it got some songs, you know why? Yeah. Because it's a pop because they're, song. they're songs. Okay. Yeah, but it's, it's an actual song yeah. and not just like noodling. Right. Yeah.
0: Um I, But the, they're cool. Their fan base is crazy. I love all the lore about them. There's this amazing podcast about all the fucking weird, creepy shit that's associated with them called dead and gone that I highly recommend. Honestly, go to your way to listen to it. It'll make you like the dead more. But again, it's like the best band in theory. And then I try, I, once a year, I try to listen to it and I'm just like, ah.
2: I sent my friend, Daniel, who runs Seasick Records in Alabama, um, the best dude, he is a real deadhead. And every once in a while, just to fuck with him, I'll just find a random clip on YouTube. That's like the worst sounding shit ever <laughs> of them. Li- Cause you know, it's like at every show they ever played was recorded and yes. yeah. act, and it'll just be like awful. And I'll be like, so this is what I'm supposed to like. Right. Yeah, This like, is your favorite fine. shit. Um, <laughs> but tell me more, Tyler, you had started.
0: Yes. Yeah, sorry. I- I'm,
2: I'm excited to know Tyler is responsible for the deviation. Um, yes. I, uh, I want to hear more about your take on uh, five days in July, because I've I've I think I have some similar thoughts and, and songs that I'm into. But tell me more about your experience with it.
1: So you mentioned hasn't hit me yet being one of your favorite songs, Jesse. And like this is exactly like this gives me like Wilco, Billy Bragg, Mermaid Avenue, but with like Dylan in it, too like this is so much like legit like i listened to the first song and i was like okay could have been shaved off shit could have been three minutes shorter um but then hasn't hit me yet hits and i dude like my literal note is i really like this shit and i'm glad we invited jesse like (laughs) it got me to do this and i really like it i think that guitar too like reminds me of like here comes the sun a little bit at the beginning it's so so catchy dude it's so catchy i'm i was just i was fucking thrilled like at at that point in the record i was like okay this not only is this like just homework but like i'm like enjoying my homework right now and i was i'm fucking i'm very psyched for a few of these songs to like make the playlist that i listen to regularly and uh, yeah, we'll be revisiting this shit for sure, dude. Uh, but yeah, Brian, what do you got for this?
2: Same, I think. Um, <clears throat> like, I I think the first half of the record is exceptional, and the second half has a few places that drag. Yeah, um,
0: but Yarky.
2: yeah, overall though, I mean, hasn't hit me yet. You can tell why it's a hit. I also get some Tom Petty vibes from it.
0: Oh, yeah. Um, yeah,
2: which I'm really stoked on. It's the era and the, the steel guitar solo and the harmonies on the chorus on that song are just perfect. I also love Cynthia.
1: Great Um, song.
2: It reminds me a lot of the Jayhawks, um, which are a band that I don't talk about much anymore. And that, you know, I don't hear a lot about, but they had one record. They had a lot of records, but this one tomorrow, the green grass. I listened to a lot in college and it was great. And this like gave me really good Jayhawks vibes. Um, and then the other song that I really loved was photograph.
1: Um,
0: that's my favorite song on the record. That's a great three song run there. Yeah. yeah, that's, yeah.
1: that's my favorite song on the record. I, like, I that. That is what I meant when I said old crow medicine show, but good. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. well, I think yeah. sometimes too, not to get like too.
2: Like guitar nerdy about shit. Right. But like, it is easy for a lot of steel guitar solos to sound the same. Yes. And these do not, they have character. And they like, they add to the song. It's not just filling time. Like I was like jaw dropped a few moments when I was listening to some of the steel
0: playing. Yeah. It is awesome. Yeah. Yeah. On
1: on the listen to photograph, I, uh, I went to discogs and put this on my want list. So yeah, I'm going to buy this at some point.
0: Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. The solo and photograph, like the pedal steel solo in that song is like one of the best parts on the album. When I recorded my first, country thing a couple years ago i played everything myself but uh except the drums and the pedal steel and uh i hired this session dude to come in and record it and i was so nervous he was just gonna phone it in i was like fuck like i don't know what to expect i'm just some punk dude i've never used a session musician this is crazy like he said but he fucking showed up and like he was like beating himself up over like I can do better and he like man he made my shit like better than I could have ever imagined like yeah like you said it adds so much character when it's done right and it's like I don't even it's so expressive in a way that like unless you're like Jimi Hendrix it's hard to pull off on a guitar like it's totally And wa- watching a pedal steel guy play live like they're using their hands their knees their feet like it's it's crazy it's The craziest thing i've ever seen it's magic
2: yeah, yeah. it's really I, i've definitely gone on some like <clears throat> youtube fucking rabbit holes watching steel players or like instructional videos and stuff and then the next thing you know i'll be on like Craigslist trying to find like a beat up cheap one <laughs> um it is I, I will i will probably i fucked around with a lap steel a little bit but man i need the pedals i want to go all the way in but if it is like hit- it, it's a complicated instrument to learn. And I think especially as a guitar player, there's probably a lot of unlearning too with the open tunings and like things like that. Oh, yeah. So, um, fuck yeah, man.
1: But as a person who knows nothing,
2: it's
0: magic.
1: It is magic. Yeah. It's
0: magic. It's, it's wizardship. Redneck sorcery. <laughs> That's what it is. Redneck <laughs> you mentioned,
1: sorcery. you mentioned Cynthia, Brian, and, uh, dude, my, uh, my only thought, uh, on this was, uh, is Cynthia on some Scientology shit?
0: Yeah.
1: that was my takeaway i was like mm, maybe well, i don't know but it did uh it, it, if if we're not talking scientology it did make me think of the cheryl Crow song maybe angels um yeah. about what aliens could be maybe or what angels might be
0: It's just maybe there's aliens i, I think mean that's, dude it's in interesting
2: the, in the 90s this was big shit too new age yeah. shit you know
0: like oh yeah the, well i yeah. think these guys were pretty like uh out there too like they're definitely like pretty like left-leaning artsy kind of hippie dudes right from toronto but they're playing this badass country so it's like it's very cool that could very well be the case
1: what are your Um, what are your favorite parts on this record jesse
0: before we oh man close Um, out that little run there like hasn't hit me yet to, to yeah to that four song run really hasn't hit me at bad timing cynthia photograph i love that whole run it's you're right it is kind of front loaded
1: the first song uh, is good too it's just three minutes it too is. Long. yeah
0: i love that song um it's funny that song reminds me of like when i worked on the rigs me and this dude cody we ended up being pretty good buddies he's one of the only guys i worked with out there who like I remember the first day I showed up, I was wearing like this old AFI hoodie I've had for like 20 years. Like when I showed up on this rig and like most of the time, no one would notice it or say anything. There's a bunch of cowboys and we're in the chain shack and he looks at me. He's like AFI nice. And then we were just like, (laughs) cause it's like, how often do you meet someone who likes punk and shit out there? And you know, we'd talk about alkaline trio and poison the well and all this dumb shit. He's still one of my best friends to this day. He's a, good dude it's so funny he came to a meantime show in calgary once because that's where he lives and he's like he's more of a rap guy and he's like man i uh i didn't have any hardcore shirts but i had this jedi mind tricks Vinny paz shirt, so i wore that because i thought i think they did a song with terror once or something yeah he's like I yeah he's so right like, oh, yeah.
1: that's sick it's it's
2: it's like very charming that he thought so much about what to wear i know it was that's sick
0: me and him would no. listen to this in his truck on the way to the rig like three times a week every morning just both be miserable like fuck and then i just i like have it's ingrained in my head when that solo at the end of five days in may is playing when he's just going off like we're driving the sun's coming up because we're we get up at like yeah 4 30 in the morning you know right. so i got that song will always have a memory for me and uh what is love is a kind of cool song or what is this love it's really weird, and I almost feel like Orville Peck heard that song and really ran with that kind of vibe. I could hear yeah. that. Yeah.
1: yeah I, I had one note for What Is Love. No.
0: I'm out. Fair. That's me <laughs> with Dark Angel. Yeah, um, I was out for that one,
1: too. Yeah, I'm, I'm
0: <laughs> I mean, out on that
2: one. Yeah.
0: That one, not for me, but I saw Blue Rodeo this last spring, And they played that and I actually kind of dug it after because he like told the story and the guy's health isn't that great anymore. So it was like I could kind of appreciate it more. But honestly, that and the last song on the album, I don't really need to listen to. But yeah, Head Over Heels is another one of the best songs on this album, too. And the chorus and pre-chorus on that song are just like incredible. It's like, how do they keep just writing these good choruses?
2: So many hooks. I, lo- yeah, very I, catchy. I, I loved that one. And I like till I gain control again as well. Um, yeah. That's, that's making the playlist for me, but yeah, I, I actually feel like snip the last two songs and it's like, or snip the last two tracks and it's a near perfect record. Yeah. yeah. I, would, I
1: would agree. Yeah. I would agree. I do think what is love is, or what is this love or whatever that, uh that song is where I started, like it coming out of photograph. is such a powerful song yeah that, I was like, oh my God, I'm so fucking bored. And then I never quite got up to that high again. But I did have several moments where I was perfectly okay with the record continuing to exist. But then those last two songs will never be listened to again by these years.
0: That's fair. Especially the last one, dude. Like I've been listening to this album since I was a kid. And I I re-listened to it all today just to like be fresh for this. But yeah, the last song, like fuck, I don't need to listen to nine minutes of this shit. Nobody, yeah. does.
1: Nobody,
2: Nobody does. Nobody does. Nobody Mm-mm. does. I agree. No, 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 no. Right on. Well, Blue Rodeo. If you fucking haven't heard this record, Five Days in July," and I mean they have a ton of shit, but it 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 seems like this is definitely one of their their most noteworthy records. You should check it out. Um, if you've never heard of them, or if you're vaguely familiar and haven't a long time. So, Tyler, I feel the same way. I'm I'm so grateful, Jesse, yeah. for you making this suggestion because it it opened my ears to some shit i hadn't heard i was about to say new shit well 30 year old shit but new to my yeah. ears. that um is making its way into the playlist for sure
1: i love re-getting into shit that i missed that's it's it's the fucking Same. it's part of the reason we do this podcast in, in the cool. first place Why well, i uh,
0: love hardcore and like a lot of the people i've met from it because to be into hardcore you got to be a little bit fucked up and like and a nerd passive and yes. this, yeah like, Man, like my best friend Adam, he sings in a that band Withdrawal, who are great. And uh, me and him, like when we hang out, we literally sit where I am right now, and my TV's across from me, and we'll just put on YouTube, and it's just like, hey, check out this uh, Brit pop band that only put out like two singles and fucking whatever, you know what I mean? Oh, check out this live Depeche Mode set. Like you can see they played this version of this song here, like oh look at this judge video where like it's the first time they played the second version of the storm
1: <laughs> and where they
0: added that bridge and you see everyone just freaking out in the crowd and it's like that's the shit i love about music that feeling that camaraderie the, the just dissecting painfully surgically dissecting the minutiae about it oh yeah, yeah. no you
1: correct when you say obsessive like we why, we, like, we, we do obsessive
0: yeah. well yeah. Which is why I like the Grateful Dead fans. It just sucks they're <laughs> obsessed of with, so, with, with something a, that sucks. Yeah, it's like that. Weird it's it's
2: it's the, the obsession <laughs> itself is admirable. It's that it's <clears throat> where where they've chosen to channel
1: that energy. Yeah. Um, this is a very weird well uh to pull from. Um but yeah, oh, Jesse okay. mentioned uh um Orville Peck. You want you guys wanna move on to your record, Brian? So yeah, we'll do we'll do Peck and then we'll go back to John Prine. Yeah. Hell yeah.
2: Um, so stay in Canada
1: for a minute. Yeah, yeah.
2: Well, yeah, in Canada via South Africa originally. Oh, Um, really? Yeah. Apparently, he now that Orville's identity has been outed, Mm -hmm. um, which at the time of this record, it was
1: you know under wraps,
2: and people hadn't. I knew. You knew, I didn't. Like, hadn't figured out like who this dude is. And speaking, you know, like we did of Blue Rodeo almost every time I find something I like that's not punk, somebody somebody involved in <laughs> it is going to yeah. have roots in punk or hardcore. Like it's just like you can fucking set a watch to it. Um, yeah, so I was introduced to Orville Peck right around the time this record just came out in 2019, Pony um, by Chad Letty, the singer of Perfect World, um, who is basically, who doesn't listen to like tons of country music but was like, have you heard Orville Peck? And I was like, no, I don't know who that is. Um, played it for me. And I was hooked immediately. B- like before I knew much about the gimmick, you know, the mask and all that stuff, mm-hmm. I was <laughs> like, oh, he sounds like Chris Isaac. And I fucking love Chris Isaac. <laughs> <laughs> like I, I am a, I'm a simple man. If you've got a nice thick baritone, but can also do some soaring high notes as well. You got a lot of tremolo and reverb on the guitar. I'm probably going to be in. Um, And this got me in like from the beginning, I got to see Orville Peck um, at a pretty small show in Brooklyn. He would definitely be playing much bigger rooms now or has since he's been back. Um, And I guess the other things I'll say is like finding out more about who this dude was. I love that this record is unapologetically gay.
0: Oh yeah. Yeah. It's,
2: you know, like, and, and that fucking rules to me and Tyler's going to roll his eyes now. But Mm -hmm. one of the things I hear a lot of is some of the later era REM stuff. Oh yeah. Um, Here it goes. There's because like, you know, if some of the stuff from like, monster into new adventures and in hi-fi into up getting later into the 90s which is not some of the most popular material um they were going really heavy on like the tremolo the reverb and michael stipe his voice is not a lot like orville peck's but they both have this thing where they're very articulate like they pronounce their words very clearly and they both kind of have this like natural deep timbre but also yeah. do a lot of like higher-up stuff. Um, Favorite tracks on the record, Dead of Night is one, the hits are the hits for a reason. But the other two that I find myself coming back to, I don't often listen to this record all the way through. Um, And he's put out a couple of things since. I think they've got tracks, I don't think they're as good as Pony. This is still my favorite. Um, But my other favorite songs are Queen of the Rodeo and then Take You Back, The Iron Hoof Cattle Call. The last thing I'll say is I I think there's some people in the like country music world or not country music. I'd say like more like the alt country punk kids who like music world. Some kids roll their eyes a little bit at Orville Peck because it's a gimmick. Um, I'm not afraid of a gimmick. Like, you know, I, I embrace it. Um, And I think if it's like done well, you know what I mean? Like whether you're playing a character or whatever, um, like that never really bothered me, but I have heard a little bit of pushback from, from certain people um, in like the indie or alt music world about that. Um, and it's like, well, you know, it's just an act. And I'm like, well, it pretty much is for all of us unless you're an yeah. actual fucking cowpoke. Like it's on the range, you know what I mean? It reminds me, John Fryan said before they took that picture of him for the cover of the self-titled album, he had never sat on a bale of hay in his life. So, <laughs> you know, like we're we're all doing a little bit of cosplay yeah. at, at some point. But anyway, that's uh that's one of the reasons that I that I chose this as just a more you know recent record that um that I really like.
1: I'm certainly one of those naysayers at one point.
2: About the gimmick?
1: Yeah, like, I, yeah. well, because I heard I saw the gimmick before I heard the music. Mm. I saw the the um uh The viral moment before I heard the music. Right. I saw all of the excitement stirring around this this country act before I heard the music by people who had never heard talk about country music once before. Yeah. And, And haven't since. Oh yeah. Um, so that was my my the only thing I wrote for my thoughts on Orville Peck Pony which I've got thoughts on songs, but my only thoughts on the the record that I could write was Orville Peck fans. That was what turned me off. I just, the the people who were Orville Peck fans, but weren't fans of actual country music at all, just liked this because it was, I mean, I not because it's specifically gay, but because it's specifically this freak show that it was. Yeah.
2: Yeah. It checked all those. Oh, go ahead, Tyler.
1: Yeah, no, no, no. you're right. It, it checked all those boxes. So yeah. like, in and, and that was, and I heard it because some people thought I would like it. That was the mm-hmm. thing is i had already seen all of the, the internet freak out about it. And then people were like, oh, you like country music, you'll love this. But I had already made up my mind that this wasn't for me. So mm-hmm. I was being a prick. Um, That being said, man, this was my first time really just like I'm gonna close my eyes. I'm not gonna look at the cover. I'm gonna listen to this as if it's just music that I've never had any sort of I let those preconceived notions fucking so go and pretty good. It's pretty good. I appreciate <laughs> yeah. that. Yeah, but you're I will say that you're spot
2: on. Like there are a fuck ton of people <gasps> that love Orville Peck that don't listen to any other kind of country Western music. Absolutely. Yeah.
1: So Jesse, you were were you here for this from the very beginning?
0: Oh, uh, big, uh, yeah. I was gonna say, unfortunately, yeah. I do like this record. I like Orville Peck, but yeah, like when it came out, there was two things. First, like you said, like for for me, I just saw all these fucking dorks who you know always like laughed at me for being like, oh, you, you like country, oh. and then like now all of a sudden they're all dressed like fucking pilgrims and shit like wearing cowboy (laughs) bandanas and polo ties what the fuck is this you know yeah and uh even for me i'm from the country i grew up in this shit i play country music i worked on a fucking oil rig for 10 years like i'm a country boy i grew up on a farm like you know or working on the farm like you wouldn't catch me dead cause playing like that and i grew up around this shit like so it was just like hard for me to get over that but the first song I heard was uh, Turn to Hate, and I love that song. Favorite song. And I kind of just wish um, the whole album was closer to that. But again, like, my my whole thoughts, so I have thoughts on all the songs. and uh, But my whole thoughts for the album, I kind of said that. I was like, all in all, this is a great record, but it kind of drags a bit. I wish there was more tracks similar to Turn to Hate. Maybe that's just my inner punk coming out. Really hate the trend of everyone starting to pretend to be a fucking cowboy. Good record though.
1: <laughs> yeah, no. For, to Turn to Hate for sure. Like After wins of Change, I was out for a minute. Back in for Turn to Hate. The chorus is amazing and this is the only on-repeat song for me on this record where I can listen to it and just run it back, run it back, run it back. I yeah. kind of can't believe this song. It's so good. It's so good. Yeah, it's amazing. I mean, yeah. it's, it's unreal. You could,
2: you could, you could put those lyrics into a hardcore song, and it would fit Absolutely. right in. You got a moss
0: yeah. yeah, there's a moss <laughs> Yeehaw.
2: Yeah, yeah, exactly. But you know, it's interesting to your point because it's like, what I think we're getting at is, there's enough substance there in like terms of actual quality songwriting and music, that to us as people who like this shit, he doesn't need the gimmick, right? No, not And at so all. I, th- I think that's probably part of it, but it's like it it also like would not have become the phenomenon that he did without the mask and without the hype and without mm-hmm. all those things. And I think another reason that I picked this is I remember having this conversation not not long after this, maybe like in, in 2020. It was before the second uh, Orville Peck album came out. Just thinking when I was like in my early to mid-20s, when I was touring with Gunroom, this would have pissed me off so bad. Because <laughs> yeah. I remember too, I've told I've told Tyler
1: about this, like playing to still ass rooms for
2: <laughs> yeah, and or or to getting like we would encounter, you know, because it was like our shit on a few of the tours we did, it'd be like one night we were on a punk show one night we were at a bar one night we were like at a proper country show, but the amount of country bands across the country, you know, North Southwest, we never made it to Canada, but at least in the States that all were like just playing dress up. Yeah. You know what I mean? And we're disappointed that we weren't. Yeah. Like would be like, Oh, well, blah, blah, blah. Like, Oh, you're from Memphis. Like, you know, blah, blah, blah. And we were all just like fucking in, you know, t-shirts and jeans. Like we would have just dressed normally and then playing with a band where they were wearing fucking rhinestones, you know, dress like like spirit world dresses today. You know what I mean? Like, so, um, and at the time I think I hated that shit and I definitely would have hated Orville Peck without ever giving it a chance. But I think there was something about a, like you said, Tyler, I had the benefit of hearing it before I saw it. Mm -hmm. And, um, b i think you know i think this is true in hardcore too there's a lot of shit that made me real mad when i was younger that now i just doesn't bother you I, I, at all it's well yeah, yeah it's, and it's not that i think it's cool now i'm just not bothered enough to care you know what i mean like um that's cute that that band is doing that okay you know yeah when before i would have made a you know very serious post on a fucking message board or something stupid like that for it so yeah i i've i've i was kind of expecting this reaction to orville peck and i really appreciate y'all sharing it
1: yeah i think in my my thoughts on your 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 thoughts brian the the take you back the iron hoof cattle call uh being this deep in this record that was the first time i was listening to it where i went oh this is clearly cosplay like mm-hmm. I was kind of in for the rest of it, like to the point where, like to me, this isn't like um, it doesn't really even sound like 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 you know uh, an attempt at country. It sounds like an attempt at fifties music. Yeah, like yeah, that's what I think he. That's where I think he actually yeah. fits in. Uh, one like, of the I can't remember what it's song like Roy it is. But I wrote,
0: vibe.
1: Yes, yeah, Roy, I wrote. I wrote. I, wrote, I feel Orbison. like I'm leaving the sock pop the sock hop to go to the make make out it's, point at one point, and like, rockabilly
2: without the rock. Yes. Yeah
0: without no for sure yeah
2: Yeah. there's no hot rod in the front yard you know yeah but it's the reverb
1: is turned up to max so my uh my thought on queen of the rodeo was uh i feel like a certain demographic of e-girl can't believe this song
0: oh they loved it yeah That, that was like yeah
1: yeah that was and that was when i heard that song i went okay i get it i get where a lot of things are coming from right now i get why girls are wearing cowboy boots and wearing their hair the way they are now (laughs) i see how orville peck has changed things i just find it go ahead jesse
0: i was gonna say i saw him live like like probably may or june 2019 he played winnipeg so like right when this was like blowing up like mm-hmm. he played like a mid-sized venue here and it was pretty cool but again it was like these people i hadn't seen either in years at a show or like these people i knew from just going to like, they were like indie kids or whatever but they were all like everyone went like man thrift stores must have had a field day that <laughs> you know, week well,
1: these people
0: are showing up in these like 10 gallon hats i'm like where the fuck do you even find that here yeah, yeah, no,
1: it's definitely yeah. some hardcore dropout music, but uh but it is good. And on your you you thinking that it's, you know, not all amazing, but just like parts of it like uh like turn to hate Jesse. um my the the one song that really made me feel something was Old River. and it's mm. because I thought it was about to take me on a cooler ride than it did. Mm. And, and the rest of the record is kind of boring
0: to me after it because I, I felt you?
1: like it i felt like it built for to something and then just ugh, never
0: just do you want to never. know what my review of old river is
2: what's your review let's go skip,
1: skip? Yeah. you see no i think it's cool i think it's a cool thing and then i expected there to be a climax or a payoff in some way and the next song is boring as fuck
0: i and like this guy uh, i like the banjo on it i don't I, I thought it kind of, I thought it almost had like, it sounded like, it reminded me of like the Twin Peaks theme, kind of. <laughs> huh. it, I can get yeah. that. And it has a good chorus, but yeah, I don't know, man. I liked that song and Old River. I was like, that was like a chore to get through.
1: You see, I thought it was building for something that just never was
0: built. Yeah, you- it was just etching.
1: Just, yeah, uh, just yeah, that you energy. leave yeah. with blue balls, exactly. you know,
2: like that's what it is, and maybe that was Orville's plan all along. Um, I uh, one one other thing I was thinking too. It's kind of like there's a different world where even though all those like cosplayers and other people who don't really like country, they're just playing dress up for a night, going to the show. Like there's a different world where Orville Peck could have been a gateway band for them yeah uh, i don't think it's playing out that way i you don't know think like so now that he's he's just like no and it's dude it's the same thing with with so many things like we know the like the punk the more popular punk bands that like have ended up being gateway bands to kids like getting fully into hardcore and then i know that uh every time i see a picture of 500 kids at a fucking show me the body show i never see a soul of them again at anything else yeah. you know what i mean so that kind of shit um so i think orville peck is very much in that category but um yeah it's good on just him
1: a, for him yeah. for his own success but oh, it would, yeah. be neat, would have been neat if he got people to re-engage or through
0: more, more of a bone punk and hardcore
2: yeah it'd be interesting to think about i mean i haven't paid attention more recently but like who's he taking out you know or like what tours is he going on or that kind. i don't of know kind of it stuff.
0: was so funny we were talking about him a little while ago like he was like a phenomenon up here and then i haven't heard someone talk about orville peck in like years and then when you brought it up i was like oh yeah orville peck i forgot
1: yeah, yeah i mean i think he fell out of favor with the hardcore zeitgeist yeah, in general but i think there's i think the people still pay attention to him who yeah, like them yeah but they're not like fawning like they were right. He's put
2: out two more records since I've listened to them. I don't think they're as good as pony. Um, They're not as popular, but like, you know, at at least as one indicator, the fucking streams are still there. So, you know, he's, he's, he's doing just fine.
0: The one Um, thing about this album, I will say, I got to give him points for like, it is a pretty original take on country music. Like it almost is like, like filtered through like if the stone roses or like jesus and mary chain i hear interpol what's that i
1: hear interpol in his vocals definitely yeah
0: Yeah. i just meant the yeah in the vocals yeah but i meant more in the um, just the way things sound like there's a lot of space a lot of atmosphere like it's just i don't know it's kind of like almost dreamy like shoegazy influenced Mm -hmm. it's i don't know it's neat it's cool I just think some of the songs drag too much and there's not enough pep to balance it out. You know what I mean? Yeah, like Turn I to hate almost is a disservice to the album with how good it is. Like if I this agree. song wasn't on it, I think the rest of it would flow better mm. and I would like the album as a whole more, but that song is just so fucking good that it literally, it's hard to focus on the rest of it. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I hear that. I feel you- like I, I, I,
1: anytime I like something, I think about buying it to have the physical and I can't justify buying the physical this just for turn to hate, but man, if there was a seven inch, which is turn to hate on it, I'd buy that in the heartbeat. Yeah, oh,
2: yeah. Like, like a cool B side <laughs> with like a cover or something funny. Yeah, the, uh, awesome. <laughs> Well, it is. I, I appreciate too though, Jesse, like just about the, they definitely cultivated a vibe on the record. Like it mm. sounds like, you know it, yeah it's made to feel like you're under a fucking open sky it sounds like it was recorded in a canyon um yeah. you know and then we heavy reverb studio tricks but it's like they they were done well you know what i mean like um can
0: almost it, imagine you're sitting across from a campfire from him and he's like telling you some tall tales or something yeah beans
2: yeah that's that is i mean and it's on the one hand cringy but on the other hand it's what he's going for and he achieves that right so kind of hot really yeah (laughs) i mean he's a yeah he's a a good looking man with and without the mask in my opinion um that said i really want to fucking talk about john
1: prine man um so tyler are you cool with this on yeah let's do it (laughs) i uh i picked one of the oldest things that i can remember listening to as a kid my dad played this around me so much i was like raised on this shit so um yeah i just it's too too much like blue rodeo and steve were for you jesse like this is something that i heard when i was just a baby child so like i uh and and i had an affinity for this even when all i wanted to listen to was breakdowns so yeah, this is this was I this is my first time getting to pick something outside of the last 10 year range. This is our only third guest episode, so both times I've had to pick the newest records and uh when looking looking at my list of old records I was like, well, I could go for something like off the wall or I could go for just like the thing closest to my heart and here here we are talking about John Prine self-titled which I think is a overall perfect record sans maybe one song
0: yeah i could uh just looking at my notes i think i could agree with that really and it's it's pretty crazy to come out of the gate this just locked in you know yeah
1: with so many songs that are just like forever synonymous with his name yeah
2: yeah iconic out of the gate yeah yeah i i totally agree i mean to jump in really quick, I'm so glad you picked this record, Tyler, because it's a this is a, like, similarly, every time I listen to it, I'm back in my stepdad's blue Ford F-100 or my uncle's Bronco. We wore this fucking out when I was a kid into my teenage years. Um, and I've only come to love and appreciate it more mm-hmm. over the years. Oh, yeah. Like, always liking it, but, but loving it more. And I went so long, too, not realizing that um every song on this record except Paradise, which is a phenomenal song was recorded in Memphis. Oh um, I didn't know that yeah and with there's some if, if you read the Wikipedia <laughs> entry just on this record for John Prine's self-titled it's funny because you know he came in just him and his acoustic guitar and the session musicians um, the Memphis boys that were at um, American Sound Studio at the time, they, like they were the backing band on suspicious minds by Elvis. They were the backing band for like the bar Kays. So they mostly did like R and B really like up, you know, soul, more upbeat rock stuff. And it's just funny. Cause like one of the session musicians was like, when John came in and started playing their songs, they were like, where's the groove. We don't know what to do with this. <laughs> um, but they fucking figured it out. Right. Like they, in my, like the songs <laughs> are front and center. And like the instrumentation outside of the, you know, the acoustic guitar and John's voice are like the perfect accompaniment. I I say this, I think I, I always come back to Sam Stone being my favorite song. Um, It's so sad and brutal.
0: That's what I have.
2: Yeah. And there is not a hardcore band on the fucking planet that has ever written a line as hard as, there's a hole in daddy's arm where all, where the, all money the money goes, goes. Yeah. <laughs> jesus christ died for nothing i suppose that is the hardest fucking line man it's
1: pretty tough yeah <laughs> fuck. it's pretty fucking yeah. tough yeah i uh
0: any song crushing about- song fuck like there's a lot of vietnam stuff on here because that's like mm. time mm. but that song especially like e- <laughs> like yeah. what is it, what's the line in it there's like a war about over nothing or something too like what uh, what does he say tripping over but yeah like that shit's it's that's a he- yeah it's a heavy heavy song i remember like yeah that's I, I think that's good
2: there's that one and uh your flag decal won't get you into heaven anymore
1: yeah. which is a which is more i thought that might be your favorite song
2: it i mean i i covered it a few times interestingly enough and it was just, because also like I mean, fuck, still relevant today, but this was, you know, Iraq war Mm -hmm. times. And I was, you know, doing my little like Billy Bragg cosplay. (laughs) Um, And this is one of the songs that I would cover. Um, And, you know, our thing, too, was at that time, um, we would go through parking lots and steal as many flag and yellow ribbon magnets off cars as we possibly could. Um, Yeah. I mean, hundreds. They were very easy to get. You know, so, um, I felt like I, that song took on a whole new life for me then and it takes on a whole new life for me now. And the other song, I mean, I'm with you, Tyler, I think this is a nearly perfect record. So if like, I'm not naming a song, it doesn't mean I don't like it. I don't skip anything. Um, I also was reminded on these most recent listens cause it had been a long time since I had actually like sat down with this record. Mm-hmm. Like I was almost like I took it for granted cause I've been listening to it or just known it for so long. Yeah. I remember now, hello in there used to legit always remind me when she was still living to fucking call my grandmother. Like I would, really, yeah, like it would be, you know, in her like later years, especially as you know, her, her mental faculties were kind of deteriorating a bit. And I would, you know, I'd go a while I was doing my thing young, like without talking to her. And I remember multiple points listening to John Prine and being like, fuck, I need to call her.
1: Um, he he's so good at writing music that appeals to all ages in ways that like I think it's anybody of any age to think about like life and death and um, mortality and love and all these different things in such a relatable way no matter whether you are you know at the end or in the middle or at the beginning like I think it's just he's just a universally like understandable artist in in that way which just just feels incredibly real and tangible which i i I really love i mean my my favorite song on this record has got to be paradise i mean yeah i I would have guessed that too it has to be that for me it's it's too close to where i live for me to not me to not uh like really Uh, really get down with it did i
0: uh i have a for paradise do you want to hear what i said yes. yes It's a very nice old school song. I love it. Reminds me of Old Crow. <laughs>
1: nice, thank you.
0: To tie that back, this,
2: this is what Old Crow was trying to do.
1: I like that. I like, the, I like <laughs> that we just all arrived at Old Crow message. It episode. all comes back to the Old Crow. <laughs> I, uh, I I wrote this. Uh, this should be the state song. My old Kentucky home sucks ass, dude.
2: Um, you, yeah, dude. You 100%. That reminds me, the, the state song for Kentucky should be Paradise by John Prine. The state song for Tennessee, my home state, should be Carl Perkins' Cadillac by Drive By Truckers. That's not my, gonna, You're not yeah. wrong. Did either um, of
1: y'all ever get to see John Prine live? I know. was about to write, when I hear this song, or I, I wrote, when I hear this song, it makes me so sad I never saw him live. I never did either. Jesse, did it's, you? Nope.
2: Uh, yeah, I never I never saw him, man.
1: The bag has been fumbled by all yeah. three of us. Uh, yeah. yeah, the fiddle on the song is amazing. And uh yeah, I really I really love it. Um this song I, 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 so I listened to a uh I listened to a podcast by a bunch of guys from eastern Kentucky. Um that's like a political podcast, but they're like from like whole country and this song always makes me think about just how hollowed out all of those, all those uh, communities are, and mm-hmm. it reminds me of just like just the failures of this country, and like all of these, like Biden and fucking like even Andy Bashir, our governor, who is more or less great and fine. If I had to pick a governor, I guess it'd be him. Um, but like, there's have you have you guys ever heard of the thing? Uh, just transition no no so uh just transition is the uh policy of getting you know basically like jobs to these communities that have been abandoned because the industries that were there are yeah. gone so it's like just like as in like justice like you know like like yeah. it's it's just transition it's, it's it's a way to like when people were saying like oh we're gonna take these miners we're gonna teach them to code um and then it didn't yeah. happen Right. Um, but for a minute there they were uh they were doing like a um they were trying to mine bitcoin in eastern Kentucky, which was awesome. They were even um reverting coal like processing plants into ways so that they could just burn coal to uh mine bitcoin. I
2: was about to say it produces about the same amount of emissions, I would imagine.
1: Just fucking awesome. <laughs> Um and then for a minute there it just it just fell apart, but there was like this like new strategy for doing like hydroponic um like indoor farming that they were going to farm in these giant big greenhouses and uh it's called app harvest the guy who was doing it was all over like good morning america and everybody's praying this guy around like real uh sam bankman freed uh mm-hmm. energy um and then he ended up being a fucking fraud and it all fell apart and not, none of this stuff has actually gone to benefit any of these people and even they uh they ended up realizing that they couldn't turn any kind of profit giving these jobs to the people who live in these communities so they were actually like shipping in immigrant labor to, <laughs> to do these jobs which is fucking I'm hilarious not surprised man um, but but they would hide them whenever people came to like visit and video and like film and stuff on these places it's just this is so trash but yeah that this song really makes me think about that and go damn John Prime literally wrote a song that is always going to be relevant to my state
0: well it's good. like
1: that, that's such
0: it. a tricky thing to like write a good song about too mm-hmm. and like you know what I mean because it's so complex like even just like trying to formulate an opinion on that like a lot like I you know I grew up in rural Manitoba and like you know like rural poverty is a real thing and like it's just like you it's it's such a hard thing to solve and like from around here like a lot of the provinces in western Canada oil's a big one and that's kind of been weird the last couple years and it's like seeing these small towns just evaporate that used to be like booming you know that are ghost towns now. I could imagine it's like that in coal country and in uh kentucky and all these places and it's like just heartbreaking but it's like man what good inspiration for a sad country song though
1: yeah yeah no it's it's a beautiful country song and straight up dude like i mean when i die just fucking spread my ashes around this fucking state uh uh two witnesses has a great a great lyric about when i die just spread my ashes around around the town because uh this is where we're born. This is where we're gonna die. So I I, I feel this shit, dude. Um, but yeah, no, Paradise is definitely one of my my favorites. And just to get my uh my thoughts on this out of the way, next song, pretty good. That's this is again one of my favorite songs on the record too. Um, I think this song rocks. I think it's 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 just it's got a badass riff. Said and, rocks. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it, it absolutely rocks. No cap. honestly i mean
2: and it's not a skipper for me illegal smile is one of the only songs i don't really love really on record and it's the opener i don't know it's like you know i i think it's funny it's it's funny but it, and it's clearly intended to be funny you know especially throws in his little fucking hot dog bun my sister's a nun like that's that classic always, john prine shit i know but like it all i always thought it was i don't I, find funny yeah, I'm 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 way too stern and serious for that shit. I'm Alrighty. fucking
1: straight edge, and I think this song is funny. So he um, insi- he insists that it's not about weed. Oh, get really? Fucked. Yeah, yeah. He, he, he oh, fucking is it, he Bane insisting? Yeah, that, yeah. count me that ja- wasn't about straight
2: edge, right? Read, about, yeah, right. Strife saying they were never a straight edge band. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um. He. I read an interview once because, like, yeah, it's so fucking obvious that it's the so song is supposed to be weed. about weed. And he was like, it's just about how, you know, I had this, you know, like I was always laughing at something and nobody knew what I was laughing at. And it was like, come on, John. Because
1: you're high as fuck. <laughs> Yo, fun story. My dad smoked weed with John Prine. No shit. Yeah. I've been waiting to spring this story That's on what you. the
0: poem's about.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it's about <laughs> your dad. Unfortunately, my dad smoked weed with him years after this. My dad went to a John Prine show with someone who is one of John Prine's like distant cousins. So he got to, uh, he got to go see him in this bus afterwards, and the story gets very fuzzy. But I know my dad hung out with them in the bus, and then my dad is like, kind of like, got his story crossed several times while telling this story. Um, so I know he smoked weed with John Prine, and just doesn't want to own up to it. But he more or less has told me that he smoked weed with John Prine. Got all fucked up on the goofballs and.
2: I would fucking tell everybody. That'd be the first thing I said to anybody. Like, I think my
1: dad didn't want to admit to me when I was real young. You were young, yeah. But even now, he won't admit it. Mm, It's more or less like uh, I don't know. It's like I I think it's like when um, when a kid comes out to their parents, but they've always known he's they're gay. Yeah. Um, It's like it's like. Dude, he doesn't I didn't even need smoke smoke to weed. tell me. I already know. Yeah, totally. Knew, that's
2: that's way cooler than my step my stepdad drinking with fucking Tommy Aldridge from white snake So uh I think yeah, that's bad.
0: That. I'd say so. He's a sit drummer know. though, you should check him out. True. Uh,
2: from from Mississippi. Uh, the
0: the weak <laughs> thing quick is funny. My mom is just like just this nice little woman who you know what I mean? Like Just a saint and uh it was so funny when my hometown got a like because weed is legal nationwide in Canada, right? Mm. So they opened a weed store in her home in my hometown, and uh someone sent me a picture of the front page of the newspaper, and it was like local weed store opens, and it was a picture of like the store with all the people lined up outside on opening day. And it's literally just like my mom standing in line at this weed store. <laughs> so I like text her. I'm like, "Hey, what?" Well, <laughs> oh, I just wanted to. It's legal now. I'm like, "Oh yeah."
2: I'm just supporting local business, man.
0: Yeah, that's right. Hey, I just wanted to see what hey, it was all about.
2: Safer than alcohol, man.
1: Yeah, I agree. Yeah, yeah, no, for so, sure. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm weed positive, y'all. For being, for me being straight edge, it's not for me, but I'm. Well, you okay with everybody else doing it? Yeah. Yeah.
2: I, I like being around stone people a lot more than I like being around sloppy drunks, I'll tell you that much. So. Well,
0: yeah. It's, uh, <laughs> yeah. it's yeah, a given.
2: It.
1: It's uh, saying.
0: Yeah, this record doesn't really have any skippers, I don't think. And songs I like, I really liked Far From Me. Mm, yeah. The line yeah. about the broken bottle is awesome. And that weird little chime thing that he had like they add in like that i don't know what the hell you'd call it xylophone something
2: something like that
0: in for like a second and i was just like yeah get get experimental that was after another illegal smile maybe he was a little weird (laughs)
2: he's (laughs) like wait wait run the tape again and then
1: just fucked around (laughs) yeah i will say though the version of angel from montgomery is just Pales in comparison to the live version with Bonnie Raitt. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah, version is is the canon version of this song. This song is this is not the canon version of this song.
2: Totally agree. Yeah, it's
1: it's just not there. It's just what not you, there. Uh, when he comes in in the live version, with oh, Bonnie yeah. Raitt is I, it goes crazy. It's so good.
0: What do you think of Donald and Lydia?
1: I think that song is mid.
0: <laughs> it's I wrote. It's a sad, strange song. It is. It's a weirder. It's one of the weirder ones. I was like.
1: Yeah, I wrote this song is mid, but that said I would still geek out to have seen it live.
0: Oh yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah. If um I remember wondering, speaking of how uh weird that song is, if the band Portrayal of Guilt got their name from this song.
0: Oh, there's a line oh. about a
2: portrait of guilt yeah I don't know
1: you know I actually did think that while I was while I was listening to this but I also uh, don't like that band so I don't didn't I don't really like
2: them either them. but I I had the thought
1: I almost saw them when they were here with gag but then my mom had a her lung collapse so I had to go to the hospital instead of I'd going say to that's her.
2: more important than a portrayal of guilt and gag show mm-hmm. how's your mom doing
1: uh she's okay because my mom is uh related to me um there's no telling how long she was walking around with that collapsed lung before she eventually went to uh the hospital
2: and she got it stage diving like you would too
1: <laughs> yeah Uh she got it from uh um 20 no no 40 something years of smoking
2: that'll do yeah. it man
1: i think 45 years of smoking God. i mean <laughs> speaking terrible. of yo that's, like,
2: that's <laughs> my my stepdad, who I used to listen to this record with all the time, lung cancer from smoking, man. Um, so she like,
1: finally stopped smoking, which is cool. Good for but her, man. Hope it hope it takes this time.
2: I hope it takes for sure. Um, fuck yeah. Like I I I just love any excuse to talk about John Prine. And me too. It is, a, dude. It is, I will
1: say, pretty good is not to go. Just bring this back to it. It is an underrated song on this record. I really love it.
2: I think so. I agree with you.
1: As one of the few electric songs on this record, maybe the only one. I can't remember. Yeah, I saw,
2: yeah, I think you're right. I Great. saw someone a few years ago do a f- cool cover of Six O'clock News, and now I fucking one. can't remember who it was.
0: Fuck. That song really reminds me of like Steve Earle. To tie it back, yeah. Oh, dude. To to tie it all the way back
1: to Blue Rodeo, um, when we were talking about. Uh, Fucking which which the um the photograph being our favorite song uh it really reminded me of now she's gone um just the the vibe of the song and what it's about I was like damn this is like their version of now she's gone
2: I can totally hear that yeah yeah that's a rad connection uh huh well you know because everything's
1: Steve Earl for me
2: I, I mean, mean I was about to say this is you know we we should. Start moving towards the end here now that we've talked through these records. But we got to spend a little bit of time talking about Steve. Um, this being, was like
1: something me and me and uh Jesse immediately realized we had in common. Which well, was, I was
2: yeah, I was about to say, so like, yeah, when, when did you two first meet?
1: We we met in Canada that first show of our tour up there, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where was in that again, China? Regina, yeah, there we go. yeah, it was a very very exhausted day and you all did you all play second at that show? I think so. we must. I think so yeah. too and and I moshed and I was like, this is cool. I'm I really like this and then we immediately started talking and realized we had a whole lot more in common than just the fact that you are in a pretty cool melodic hardcore band um yeah. <laughs> and uh yeah, it was uh I, I think I, I was wearing a Cheryl Crow shirt at that show. Hell yeah. I'm now. Yeah. Cause uh, cause um uh a couple girls bought merch from constraint just based on the fact that I was wearing a show crow shirt. I
0: mean that's sick.
1: Right it's on. Pretty cool, honestly. They have I they care. have good taste. I don't
0: care what got you to buy the shirt. Yeah, but that's, that's a cool reason.
1: Great taste backed. Well, I love it.
0: We played a couple shows together in the span of a couple days, right? And... yeah, because then we played
1: Calgary together shortly after yeah. that
0: yes and then i feel like we played ontario that hold your ground festive. oh
1: shit yeah yeah no yeah so i saw you like because because that was my first time ever going to canada was that summer and i was back there like we've talked about this on the podcast before i've cataloged my this is basically this podcast is a, a live journal in which we also talking about steve earle um but uh yeah because we can Inclination flew up and then constraint toured across and then through the country and then back up to uh, to Toronto. So yeah, I got to see you a bunch that summer, which reminds me that I need to come back to Canada because it'd be nice to see my dude again.
0: I uh, yeah, I don't know how the Steve Earle thing came. Like, how did it come up? I, I think know.
1: literally we we just started talking about music and and immediately started talking about other than hardcore stuff. And I was like, yeah, I was like, I'm like kind of obsessed with this guy, Steve Earl, He's like my favorite songwriter. And you were like, oh, what? It's
0: like, oh, Blade Man okay. through the wall, right. like, yeah.
1: yeah, hell yeah, yeah. I just mean, bring his- that up to people just to, it's it's a it's a it's a friendship tester. It's just a, I'm fishing, I'm fishing for more friends. I mean, really, <laughs> T-
2: Tyler had already put out the fucking Perfect World LP, and I like didn't even have any idea. And the first time I meet you in person, you're wearing a Steve Earl shirt so it was it was clearly meant to be
1: it's a good flag to fly just
2: yeah saying. absolutely
0: i got this uh steve earl hardway tour shirt like canadian tour shirt and it literally looks like a hardcore shirt it's from like the 90s and uh i bought it and i was like this is the hardest thing i'm gonna wear this and then now that i actually got it i'm like keep it in my closet in like a suitcase because like in a suit bag i'm like this thing is my most vet. this and my judge shirts i'm like these can never be damaged
1: i have so many steve roll shirts i don't even care about some of them anymore which is such a problem but that that one jesse
2: that is like a that's a holy grail like hardway era canadian tour you know Dude, when it was like yeah hard. like the the last some of the last gasps before he, he fucking went away forever <laughs> almost yeah you know got arrested and went to rehab and all those things and canada was really the only place still showing up for him at that point mm-hmm.
0: um yeah that's a, like man, how long do we have to talk about this but it's like that era is so interesting like that album's decent <laughs> there's a couple really good songs on it but it's like like the song about the death penalty or whatever is like still super, super heavy. Oh yeah. And Billy Austin is fuck. Yeah. yeah. No, that's that's
1: a top five. That's a top five Steve roll record for me. Same. It's
0: great. But like, I don't think like, I think he needed to kind of sink a bit there. Like, I don't think it's bad. I'm just saying like, I mean, fuck, it's so hard because like he's never done anything bad in my opinion, but it's like, you know, that run of like guitar town, exit zero copperhead road like actually i don't know like yeah all that shit is just perfect but they're all like different enough but it's like he almost had to go down not so much in quality wise but his life had to just go to complete shit so that we could get i feel all right because that is just like man that's that shit
1: when you, when you look at his catalog, are you a, are are you an every Steve roll record guy or are you a pick here and there guy?
0: I think I like everything. Like I've, I've made a concerted effort to at least check out everything. And some of it resonates more. <laughs> maybe some of it's because I heard it at such a formative age, mm-hmm. but yeah, I, maybe I pick, I don't know it's like a little bit of both. Like I just, yeah, as a whole, I celebrate them, but there's things I, I go for, if I'm going to listen to Steve Earl, like there's things I'm going to go for.
1: Well, he has a record yeah. for every mood you could possibly. Yeah. Meet. What um, do you, what do you find yourself
2: coming back to most recently?
0: I think I feel all right. Mm. Honestly, like and El Corazon surprisingly lately, I've just really liked. And, uh,
1: I came around to El Corazon way more when we did the podcast episode about it because I think I low rented it a little bit and even had it, I think in my bottom five, like, or my bottom three records. And it immediately left the bottom three when I started actually listening to it 30 times.
0: No, it's awesome. (laughs) I, uh, like, man, like guitar town is pretty much perfect. Like there's a couple songs on it that i'm just like like little rock and rollers whatever but like the song guitar town hillbilly highway getting tough um and like especially like the last song down the road like that's one of the best songs like i've ever heard in my life like dude that's just phenomenal perfect ballsy closer
1: to close on on a fucking acapella song we uh we just did which which live record was it?
2: The the live in Austin.
1: The live in Austin, yeah. The live in Austin Pre, record. He Pre Copperhead Road. Yeah. And we're like, what the fuck, dude? What a what a choice to end encore Boost encore bums, down bums. the road after singing for an hour. Like, fuck you, dude.
2: Yeah, and I mean, but that sh- to Jesse's point, it kind of shows like where he was at in terms of stamina at that point. Yeah. In like the True. late eighties and like. How much rougher shape he was in a few years later, around the hard way. I mean, I I keep coming back to it too. Someday and Fearless Heart are two of my like all time favorites. Down the road, unfucking deniable. Yeah. And I I think I said this you know way back when when we did this episode on the podcast. I also never really cared for a Little Rock and Roller until yeah, I fucking cool. until I fucking had a kid. That's and fair. then, and then all of a sudden I was like, Oh yeah. You know, but instead, you know, it's like the, the being separated and calling home kind of shit. Yeah. Um, finding out, you know, I was only gone for a few days and you like did something, you know, you fucking walked, talked any of those things and I wasn't there for
1: it. Um, See, I'm a thing? soft bitch, so I can just imagine that, and well, I'm and I'm I'm and I'm, then I'm just squishy and later
2: on realizing like that. that it was about Justin too, yeah. and then making that yeah. connection with you know yeah okay,
0: that's pretty best sick best to go back. yeah, yeah,
1: yeah but it's I, crushing oh.
0: it's crushing now yeah this album though it's like I think I like I always loved it growing up but like this is the first one I put back on like like I said when I was a bit older getting into like okay I I, I like country again like after i took the hardcore blinders off you know after i you know after i was able to play to put pause on youth today for a couple hours and chill (laughs) you know but uh like that this album i just felt like a lot of country musically like lyrically a lot of especially like this is like a nashville country album yeah and a lot of that stuff just isn't relatable you know what i mean like a lot of it's especially currently a lot of it's bullshit like oh not at all whatever and uh this the lyrics on it are like it's man like i'm just looking at the track list right now like guitar town super relatable it's just you know what i mean like we've all played in bands we've all Mm -hmm. gone on tour we all love this shit it's our life like how can you not relate to that and it's a catchy as hell song goodbye is all we got left like i mean we've all been in a crappy relationship i'm sure i was like we know
1: is over already
0: <laughs> yeah that i was dating a girl in high school saying <laughs> to this being like oh you know i just need to end it whatever hillbilly highway i don't know for me it hits home super hard especially like the lines where he's talking about you know how his grandma cried because his dad quit school and shit and then like he did the same thing and it's like that like literally was my life like you know like my dad didn't finish high school I didn't and then like until this year I went back and finished and it's like you know it's like for people in rural areas blue-collar people like real life isn't that fun sometimes and you gotta you know you gotta make choices and work and it sucks same thing good old boy like that's all how relatable is that you know pain tax yeah
1: that was a moment of contention between me and Brian the first time he's he used well, it in a 2020 I, uh, Yeah, and-
2: I, I heard it differently after the Trump era, you know, because yeah. it, went, it went from being, for me, a song when I was young that I found very relatable to now me, you know, when I would see a, a, a fucking, you know, dude that drives a $90,000 vanity truck and, and yeah. claims, you know, that doesn't actually do any work with it, that claims he's oppressed or whatever, which is clearly not where steve was in the fucking 1986 when he wrote the song yeah that truck doesn't
0: even belong to him and that's yeah yeah, Yeah, right right. it's the bank it was the bank and a funny talking man from iran
2: iran yeah
0: and it was only thirty thousand back then inflation's a motherfucker yeah
2: (laughs) which that was a lot of fucking money for a truck in 1986 man um
0: someday that song i'm just going i'm sorry yeah no it's, it's it's the only issue with this song is that it's not. I, I ain't ever satisfied. It's almost as good as that song. We
1: the, talk about. Uh, we talk about Steve has um, like trilogies of songs. He has yes songs that pick up where other ones leave off between different records and uh, spiritual sequels and and whatnot. And that that is one that has I feel like several iterations. Um across same with fearless heart um mm-hmm. there are oh, yeah. several themes that he returns back to over the years man my uh i think my my top five records only has one record before he went to jail like even those those early ones i love them and I, I they're certainly never going to be at like the bottom of the barrel for me but they're they're all like squarely in the middle compared to what he did when he came back I think all those records are just so, uh, so poignant speaking of, you know, like songs like getting tough and whatnot. Like, I think he, he does such a good job of speaking to normal, regular working people in a way that, uh, I mean, most Nashville country just, they're all, they're in swimming pools and, and, you know, designer clothes and shit. And that's just not, not where I I am.
2: Or the song, (laughs) the song was written to be sold rather yeah. than written to be performed to by the person something. writing it right yeah. yeah exactly i mean i yeah i'm i do i do tend to go back to those first four a lot um my my tops have have evolved and certainly there's a lot more later era stuff in it than there was before we started this podcast and that's been one of the cool things about doing it and having an excuse to like do some deep dives into some records that I'd only like kind of listened to over the years, but I'm a, there's something nostalgia wise that always pulls me back, you know, and just, I still get the excitement, even though fucking every stupid fucking song on the planet has a reference to Memphis, Tennessee somewhere. I'm still the, like, I'm the yokel in the crowd. That's like, Oh my God, that's where I'm from. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> holy shit so he's like, how far in the memphis sun and where's the nearest beer i'm like yeah um so that's why someday I'm always like is, is a great one for me
0: what um what do you think about exit zero i love it it's so good i've heard like i don't know i've heard people be like oh it's not that like whatever it's sandwich but i'm like no man like it's got some of his best stuff on yeah, it like absolutely
1: totally but- First, it, song. first song first song's amazing nowhere road nowhere god, god road? damn it. Oh god. it it's it nowhere road is easily a top a top fucking like a top 20 steve roll song for me that I mean, riff too good yeah god.
2: nowhere I road know. and ever satisfied um yeah those are those are in the top for me i i think it gets overlooked unfairly because it's sandwiched between those two titans i um, think but, a lot of people yeah.
0: missed it on streaming and shit because it's credited to the dukes as well so yeah. like look over
2: it that's like an issue so many artists have that like ryan you know, adams ryan adams they're still like separate spotify profiles for jason isbell and jason is yeah. the 400, 400 unit yeah so yeah. sometimes, you know like i think i mean and i think you know he's at a point where like as an artist choosing to keep them separate mm-hmm. right but it does kind of affect for for a more casual listener who's just like oh i like that guy let me listen to this like it affects what they're exposed to, right?
0: Yeah. No, that for sure. Is, is just so chock full of like an angry young man. Yeah. No, road. I mean,
1: I, dude, I, I stand, Exit Zero is better than Copperhead Road. Copperhead I Road's only half good. Agree. It's only half good.
2: Yeah. It's, it's a Copperhead Road is a side A record. And yeah, this is a loaded. full, this is a full record. Absolutely. I agree.
1: Yeah. No, it's, uh, it's anybody. I mean, that's part of the reason why we did this podcast was in the hopes that. If people only listen to Copperhead Road, maybe if they stumbled across this, they would. We would, We could trick them into listening to a later RSD roll record.
0: It's um, like imagine <laughs> if Copperhead Road was an EP that just ended after Johnny Come Lately.
1: Yeah, dude. Yeah, incredible. Yeah, like,
0: yeah. <laughs> Those five songs are like, and they're all different too. Like Copperhead mm-hmm. Road mm-hmm. is kind of corny but i love it i lo- like it's oh it's no so-
2: dude it's so
1: good it's awesome it's not corny it's,
0: it's not corny.
2: From- setting setting fucking traps for the feds That's, That's hard. No, funny. it's it tight was. as fuck <laughs> 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 but,
0: but yeah, yeah going
2: going into it, it is a funny transition then into snake oil where he's fucking goofy ass like talking yep. it was chemically induced i'm like steve i love you man good <laughs> It
1: rolls oh, like,
0: devil's right hand just makes me want to kick a door off its hinges. Like,
1: have you have you ever listened to the rockabilly version of it?
0: I have. It sucks. It
1: sucks. Yeah, he, he, I'm, we, yeah we're we're all unanimous on that one. Oh shit.
2: Yeah. Well, friends, we should probably start wrapping up.
1: Um, yeah, Jesse, I didn't know you did a country thing. Tell me about that real yeah. quick before we leave. Please do. Tell us about it.
0: Well, it's uh, it's just uh, it's called Jesse William. I got one EP on streaming and stuff. You can listen to it there, but, uh, yeah, like I had always wanted to do like this kind of music. Cause it just, I love it. It means so much to me. And I started writing some of this stuff years and years ago, and I just never had the confidence, like, Like, I'm a pretty insecure guy and anxious and stuff. And it's it's like, even just hardcore. It's I think probably because I got so into hardcore, it's like, it's almost so hard to step outside the box. It's one thing to like, listen to different music, but to really put yourself out there. Oh, yeah. You know, it's like, I mean, anyone can yell, I'm fucking mad in a microphone and tell you why or whatever. But it's a lot more uh, humbling to sit there and try and sing that to you quietly while you're feeling a certain way. And so I, I really struggled with getting it out and I had these demos floating around that were kind of in my friend group that people had. And, you know, I'd show people every now and again, they'd be like, man, why don't you just like put this out, like just record it for real and put it out. So I, I did uh, two winters ago, right before Christmas, I went and recorded it and put it out and it, was ever was super positive and everyone seemed to dig it a lot and now i've been kind of uh sidetracked but note another one i keep trying to record it but it's it's hard real life's hard you know
1: no dude i mean I feel I agree, I, we we all dude. do things we don't want to do way more than we do things that we do um dude. i'm excited well, to check this out dude i'm um, yeah no it even existed
2: right after this jesse william we're gonna check this out right after this. And I really appreciate the point you made too, Jesse, about like, I mean, performing anything that you have written live is tough, but there's definitely a vulnerability um, to playing like quieter music when you don't have fucking aggression and attitude and loud guitars and drums and shit to like stand behind. It's like, it's, it's scary. It takes a lot of courage to do that. So I'm stoked to listen. So you've got that, meantime has a lot of great releases but the newest lp just came out right in december, yep. Is that yep. right? december yeah. yeah so check out meantime living in the meantime on indecision records that That's good. you can order that get it on streaming um jesse dude it's been a fucking pleasure man
0: yeah this rocked this uh went way better than i imagined sometimes i'm worried when i do this shit because i'm like I'm just going to sound like a Canadian yokel, just sound like an idiot. But for this, I feel like it's such a, it's really in the in the sweet spot for me. Interest wise. Like I could talk about, if you want to talk about like the altercation demo and, or country music, like I'm your guy. Like Dude, in, in, in they're
1: talking about country music. It's totally fine for you to sound like a Canadian yokel. It's uh, yeah, I, I, am. Like a, I I'm fine with sounding like a hick from Kentucky, even though I'm from Dude. The suburbs.
2: Say, I mean, Fuck yeah. And like, you just made me think too, Jesse, like there's a, there's a Venn diagram of people like us and there's not a ton of us, but I think I like to think this podcast has played like a small role in helping us to know one another a little bit more (laughs) that the, yeah, the people who can talk about (laughs) the fucking altercation demo and who have strong opinions about pre and post rehab Steve Earl, um, are, you know, can get together and talk because, um, i love it
0: like just even back to like hardcore sorry to go on i know we got to go off but uh it's like for me like i approached the lyrics i wrote for the country stuff the same way as i did for meantime like i'm you know i'm not a genius i'm not going to be able to write about what's going on in the world like i try but you know i'm not you know it's just not really my strong suit but like with this kind of music and that's why i love hardcore i love country i love this stuff because it's just so self-expressive like you know it's one of the only genres where people really really wear their heart on their sleeve and you know that's what i love about both i think that's why both resonate with me so much and you know like it was funny like people have read the lyrics for the meantime album they're like damn are you okay? And I'm like, it's I don't dark. Know. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's dark. And same with the country stuff, like the first song's called, I'd rather die. So, you know, but it's like with country, I can be a little more cheeky with it, but a little more fun, but yeah, I just, that's the best. This is the, why this music's the best. It's just yeah. like, it's just like, uh, hardcore is street poetry and country is just, you know, like cowboy poetry poetry it's i don't know it's beautiful it's just tough dudes putting it all out there and letting the world know
1: which i yeah, you know no, i really appreciate you coming on jesse i i think you're just uh, uh it's it's awesome It's just it, hardcore punk everything it's just it's all about connection and i'm really glad it connected me to you and thank you so much for coming on the podcast and talking shit with us for a couple hours anytime yeah. man well so said
2: guy, no we're gonna yeah. We're going to have you back down the road, man, because Tyler and I have already talked about once we get through all these Steve records, we've got we got plans to just keep this going indefinitely, even if it's nothing else than me and Tyler's fucking weekly knitting circle where we just talk Mm -hmm. about records. So always nice to have more friends involved. And I'm so glad that we got to chat, man. Hope I get to meet you in person at some point sooner rather than later.
0: You too, man. Yeah. great.
2: All right, friends, everybody listening, thank you again for your support. Take care of each other. Take care of yourself. Peace.
1: Later.